I'm Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back to another episode. We are so thankful to have you here on this, God, this beautiful, it's a beautiful Thursday. As in, I hope it's beautiful on this Thursday because right now is a Friday and it's also raining and humid. So it's not like super beautiful. But I'm trying to send, like, the good vibes, you know? We're manifesting. We're, We're manifesting. manifesting. Because I personally am having a rough 24 hours. So I would like to imagine that by the time this episode comes out, it's beautiful. Not too hot, because I would hate that. But just enough. And I hope, um, you know, ice cream and happiness and all the good things are happening for you guys today as we wind down the summer and get right into what I like to call fall. The best season of all. Anyway, enough about my my complaining. Katie, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I was in downtown Portsmouth earlier today, and it was just coming down in buckets. Yeah. Torrential rain. There actually was flash flooding in wow. downtown Portsmouth, which is pretty unheard of. Yeah. Um. So I got a good sense as to what our future will look like, you know, impending doom a little bit with climate change. Sure. Right. Um. No big deal. It looked like something out of the streets of Florida post-hurricane. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah, you sent me a video. It looked pretty intense. Oh, my God. I drove through more water than I ever thought I'd drive through in my life. Like, really? It, oh, my God. Shit. Yeah, it was so wild. That's so fun. Because this is New England. Within an hour, the rain dissipated and the sun was trying to peek out and rain came back, but it was not as torrential. Right. It's been a very rainy summer. I've noticed, which is, I understand is bad for the environment because climate change, but I personally have enjoyed it because I like the rain. I love the rain. I don't mind it. I think it could have been a little less, less because <laughs> Vermont it was like wiped off the map, basically, right, right. friggin' underwater. Everyone that I know that gardens has vegetable gardens. Yeah. It's like rotting. Done. Yeah. Oh my God. And one of my patients actually, he said, you know, this is really bad because when I was growing up, we were really, really poor and we relied on our produce from our garden. Yeah. And, you know, if this summer now was like this when we were growing up, we would have gone hungry very quickly because yeah. we wouldn't have had the produce. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. It's a good point. Like good perspective there. I don't really think of rain, it. Though. I do love the rain though. I wish I could just be the rain. <laughs> it's what I most identify, and I always have. Like, people are always like, oh, it's raining out. I feel down and gloomy today. And I'm over here like, nah, da, da, like, just dancing. Like, I love it. So, hopefully, for you guys who are weird and like sunshine, um, I hope this morning when you're listening to this is beautiful and good. Because you know what's not beautiful? This story. Mm. It's pretty... Um, it's pretty violent. It doesn't stop. No. Like, when we tell you guys this guy went on a crime spree, he went on a crime spree. Like, not just a couple little, mm -hmm. oh, robbed a few stores, and then, oh, darn, he got caught. Yeah. Not, like, a high-speed chase. Although that Although is involved. That, it's involved. And so is um, robbing things. <laughs> yeah. It just, oh, my God. So I, like... Scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Wow. Rampage is definitely the best way to describe For it. For sure. So before we get into that, though, I know, Katie, you do such a good job keeping track of 
nice things for us. So I would love it if you could bring us right up to bring us back down. Sure. My pleasure. (laughs) Jessica C. bought us four coffees. Thank you so much, Jessica C. Thank you. She wrote in a little thing. She actually bought us four coffees on my birthday. So Jessica C., thank you so much. That's so sweet. Yes. And Haley M. bought us a coffee. Nice. And we were both kind of dying because (laughs) Haley had suggested to us a case. Yep. Emailed us, emailed us pictures, links, which like Thorns points there. Amazing. Yeah. Utilize our website submission tool. We always love that. Fantastic. And Haley bought us a coffee and wrote in the little caption thing. She said that it was not a bribe (laughs) to cover the case that she suggested to us. Right. So while we are, you know, not easily bribed, we have a list of almost, God, almost 600 cases now. We are going to be looking at that case a little more closely i think uh, yeah did the bias of coffee that definitely was not a bribe help, help matters perhaps can't hurt doesn't <laughs> it definitely doesn't hurt us but you know maybe we'll we'll see that case soon who knows perhaps it's definitely an interesting one she did give us a good case and there's a lot there's enough information you know mm-hmm. sometimes we do have to turn away a case yeah. or two if there's just not enough info we like to keep our episodes above like 15 20 minutes right however this one looks pretty well stacked and yes. like it's right up our alley and we actually had it already on our list yeah and we've been kind of oh what about this one mm-hmm. oh yeah this one looks cool too let's do that one okay great what about this one oh, right like we kind of kept going back to it yeah we bing bong back and forth yeah so maybe the not bribe bribe was a push <laughs> in the right direction nice work so, Haley. jessica c thank you so much thank you for thinking of me on my birthday yes and us in general for buying us coffee yes thank you Haley m i like the way you think i also like the way you think but we don't take bribes here we do <laughs> just kidding <laughs> But for real, I'm very excited. You know, anytime we get donations like that, so sweet. So thank you guys very so much. Kind. And Erin G suggested this case to us via our website submission tool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin G. You guys get extra points if you use the website submission tool. Extra points and a gold star. I just think it's really cool to use. Yeah, we work hard on that. It's our handy dandy website submission tool. Everybody knows it's super handy dandy. <laughs> How could we make it any more clear? So. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And Aaron, this was a good case. So what a great suggestion. I'm really recommending you guys stick around because this is already like a contender for the Whiplash Award mm-hmm. for our next anniversary episode because it is just like so much. It's a, it's a very loaded, very loaded case. Hold on to your hats, you guys. And without further ado, today we will be covering... Anthony Lord. Katie, please, if you wouldn't mind telling me what your sources are for today's terrible, terrible story. I would not mind at all. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, God, you're the best. So good to me. I used WGME.com, Boston.com, MainePublic.org, NewsCenterMain.com, Quartz.Main.gov, and fox23main.com. Nice. We I had a lot of sources too. We loaded up. I used a official document from main.gov, boston.com, the cinemaholic, the ny post. I had three articles from the Portland Press Herald, 
an article from NBC Boston, and an article from The Guardian. Regardless of how terrible it is, this is a very fascinating case. So I'm excited. Let's get into it. Katie, would you mind starting us off? Of course not. Thank you. Thank you. You're, oh, we got to talk later about how wonderful you are. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. I'll stop flirting with you. Let's, right, thank you. let's get into, let's get into the first Yeah, right. <laughs> let's get into the terrebleness. On July 14th, 2015, 22-year-old Brittany Irish had been asked by a friend and former boyfriend, 35-year-old Anthony Lord, if she could bring him some photos she had taken of his infant son at his memorial service. Already off to a very sad start. Right. And hello, red flag, 35 years old, dating a 22-year-old girl, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. And we will get more into the son and the memorial mm-hmm. service, but just kind of as a preemptive storytelling bit. Yes. Brittany lived in Old Town, Maine, and she agreed to meet Anthony in Bangor. She got in the car to hand him the memory card with all of the photos, and this is when she says that he just put the car in drive, took off, started driving. And Brittany had no idea that anything like this would be happening. Probably didn't even have her seatbelt on because she wasn't expecting to drive, drive away. Right. And she was doing such a nice gesture, too. Right. She stated, quote, I was in the car. He wouldn't stop. He wouldn't turn around. I kept asking him every exit to turn around, and he wouldn't. He just refused to. He kept driving. He then took her to a remote cabin in Aroostook County and sexually assaulted her four times. Four times. Jeez. He finally let her go the next day on July 15th. Thank God. Like, I know she went through terrible stuff, but thank Mm -hmm. God that she was safely let go. Seriously. Wow. She alerted Bangor police, who she said took a bunch of notes. Mm -hmm. They really, you know, addressed her case with care. They took it seriously. They were taking notes. They're like, wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Mm -hmm. We have to get you to a hospital. Right. She got to the hospital and a sexual assault advocate was waiting for her, which I think so important. I'm very impressed by Bangor police right now. Like, that's really good work right i wonder if they called ahead and arranged that like hey right? this girl just came to us she has been through quite the ordeal yeah she's coming in for an exam post-sexual assault could you please have an advocate waiting for her right or even if they just called ahead and said hey this girl's coming your way right be ready at the hospital then provided the sexual assault advocate which as you should for every case like that absolutely so Brittany was like wow you know they're really taking me seriously they're treating mm-hmm. me with care which unfortunately is very rare in rape cases. Yeah. Maine State Police were called in several hours later to speak with her, and this is where they dropped the ball big time. Yeah. Because the assault and kidnapping took place outside of Bangor, state police had jurisdiction. Bangor police, you know, they tried their best, but they really, at the end of the day, they had to call in Maine State Police, mm-hmm. which, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maine State Police, from Brittany's hospital bed, had her text Anthony several times Mm. to try and get a confession from him. Which, okay, he just kidnapped her and assaulted her over the course of, like, you know, 12, 18 hours and raped her. Like, all this terrible, terrible stuff. And they're like, can you send him a little texty-poo? Go into his DMs? What? How do you think that's going to help? Right. Trying to coerce a confession out of... That's not her job. No. Her job is to get help Mm -hmm. and heal. 
Yikes. They then called him. And because, you know, I, I assume the caller ID was probably, I don't know, Main State Police. Right. Or if it was an unknown number, who's going to answer that, you know? Right. True. They got his voicemail and they proceeded to tell him over voicemail that he was being accused of sexual assault by Brittany. Mm. I feel like it's similar to like healthcare. Like when you are take a, get a test done, your doctor is not legally allowed to call you and leave a voicemail with the results. You have to call them back. You know, it has to be an actual conversation. I imagine that would be similar for the police. I would hope. Cause that's not, there's no way this is protocol. There's no way. Absolutely this is not. Protocol. No, no, no. Just several hours later, Brittany received a phone call from her mother. Brittany's mother has multiple sclerosis, and that's a disease that affects your mobility, so she really is not able to move around as well. Right. A neighbor had alerted Brittany's mother that the barn on their property was on fire. Mm. That's a scary call to get. So Brittany's mom called Brittany like, hey, you know, I... Hello, my dearest daughter. I hope you're doing well. Right. The barn is on fire. Yeah. So Brittany and her boyfriend, 22-year-old Kyle Hewitt, rushed over to be there with her for support. Yeah. And together, I imagine it kind of, they're standing maybe arm in arm or shoulder to shoulder. They wash the barn, burn down to the ground. Yeah. It completely just, it was leveled. Police received a call about the fire just before 8.30 p.m. on July 16, 2015. Brittany then had a feeling, you know, just in the heat of the moment, she's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, Kyle, let's go. We have to go support my mother. Right. The barn, the barn is burning down. This is so crazy. Yeah. You know, my poor mother has multiple sclerosis. It's not like she can go survey the property herself. Right. Like a neighbor had to alert her. Hey, yeah. just as an FYI, your barn is literally in flames. Yeah. Yeah. And the police and the firefighters had already been called, like it was already being taken care of. And luckily nobody was hurt in this incident. But still, I mean, I think Brittany was absolutely right to be like, um, okay, I'm making the drive. Right. I'm on my way. Because she was about, I mean, so she was down in Bangor, which is about, it can be like an hour, two hours from Arista County, give or take. From Holton, it's probably like an hour and a half, two hours. So she made the drive. And later we learned that that barn was set on fire to lure her to the location. Yes. And unfortunately it worked. Yes. Of course, once the barn was leveled and, you know, everyone was kind of still processing, but it had been some time. You know, the initial, oh my God, what's happening? We have to get there. Just drop everything. Get to my mother. Yeah. Now that Brittany had time to think about things, she was thinking, wow, this is really strange you know how did this barn there certainly wasn't an electrical issue who could have done this other than anthony lord Mm. because it's so interesting that anthony lord as he was kidnapping me and sexually assaulting me at this cabin Mm -hmm. told me if i went to police he would then hurt me and my loved ones well guess what she did went to police guess what the police did hey anthony it's the police your ex-girlfriend, who you just kidnapped and sexually assaulted multiple times, snitched. Right. And so now he's... And now the barn's on fire? Very, like, within hours, if that, of this call. hmm Ridiculous. So Brittany gave the police a call, and she was like, hey, 
you know, I really feel as though myself and my loved ones are in danger. Yeah, absolutely. Could you guys please send an officer, maybe just to post outside the house, maybe just to hang out in the cruiser down the street, just to keep an eye on the house because I'm going to stay with my dear mother tonight. My boyfriend's here. Great. But I would really feel as though police protection would be the appropriate call. I'm feeling very scared for my life and my safety. Mm -hmm. She was denied any kind of protection. I'm rolling my eyes really hard right now, guys. Just want to give you like a visual in your brain because um and they told her no due to staffing which honestly you and i katie healthcare classically understaffed no matter where you go i get it but in your situation i'm sure people retail any job you have when you're short-staffed you just do the best that you can and you have to learn about like prioritization and what's more important i feel as though this would take priority to take one of the police officers from whatever he was doing to be posted here. Right. And even if every single one of the police officers that they had was genuinely tied up with something, right. or genuinely could not drop what he was doing and go to the house, mm-hmm. you call around. I was going to say, just call a neighboring you call a buddy. Right. People do that all the time. Fire department specifically. Yeah. When they upgrade the alarms for the fire, more and more fire departments from outside towns, I don't care if it's an hour away, two hours away, they come help. Right. That has to be in the protocol. Like, if they genuinely are not able to grant someone's request for protection, and it's not like this was just coming out of the blue, you know? It's not just like Brittany was like, oh, the wind blew the wrong way. Can a cop come stand outside the house? I'm scared. Right. I'm just a young girl. Yeah. She was just, she could have died. Like, she was just kidnapped against her will, sexually assaulted, and now the barn's on fire. Her family could have died. It's all adding up. Yes. So this this is not just a request out of nowhere. So for police to then take into account, oh, this guy literally just sexually assaulted her, kidnapped her, and burned, probably burned her mother's barn to the ground. Maybe we should send an officer, or maybe we should call a buddy and ask for help. We're just going to tell her, no, go fuck yourself, Brittany. Sorry, we're short staff like everyone else in the world. Yeah. Figure it out. Right. So, you know, at that point, Brittany's like, all right, you know, I tried. I did my best. Let's just, we've had a long, very long day, a very long, stressful day. Yes. Let's just go to bed. Yes. And it is my understanding that Brittany's parents did know about what had happened to her and that they also were feeling very weary and they knew of Anthony and they were like, I don't trust this guy obviously and now that he did all this stuff to you and he threatened you and now all of a sudden like our property was on fire like this is very coincidental and then they were also terrified because i mean if somebody to kidnap and rape a woman and then also commit arson who knows what they're capable of Mm -hmm. so obviously katie like you said Police were called. This all barn fire happened 8.30 p.m., give or take. I don't know what he was doing in between, but the next move we know from Anthony happened at 4 a.m. the next morning. So, you know, 12, not quite 12 hours. Now, it was roughly 4 a.m. when Anthony made his way to Silver Ridge Township in Maine, where he knocked on the door of a home that belonged to his friend's uncle. 
which to me, I was reading that. I was like, that's like when you make a joke, like my mom's second cousin's best friend's hamster. I know? was just going to say that. I was like, that's so random. His friend's uncle. Okay. I don't know your uncles. Do you know my uncles? Like, no. how many friends do you have that you were like, I love your uncle? Right. Let's go hang out with your uncle. Yeah. Weird. It is just, it just was bizarre. His name was Carrie Mayo. Anthony told this, you know, uncle acquaintance that his car was out of gas, broken down nearby. Can I come in, call somebody, whatever. And then, you know, being a nice, normal human, recognizing Anthony, Carrie was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he stepped outside to, like, assist Anthony, like, maybe go check out his car. And without even a thought or a hesitation, all of a sudden, Anthony had a fucking hammer. And just bashed Carrie over the head. So, obviously now, the uncle, Carrie, he was hit over the head with a hammer. So he was a little in pain. And while this man was struggling, Anthony took the time to go inside, steal two guns, a shotgun and a twenty-two caliber revolver, ammunition, and then also Carrie's pickup truck. And then he left Carrie to suffer. Carrie survived. He was okay. But he did get hit over the head with a hammer. Yeah, I saw in one article that he, like, tied him to a chair. And then I saw another article he barricaded him in the basement. Yeah. So I don't know if he tied him to a chair and then barricaded him. Mm -hmm. But he very clearly incapacitated this poor man. Right. Who was probably like, hello, my nephew's... acquaintance i guess right what is it that i can do for you at four o'clock in the morning yeah right crazy very bizarre at like 4 40 a.m so it hadn't been super long since he had arrived at carrie's house a phone call came into the local police and it was carrie reporting what had just happened and that you know he was bashed over the head with a hammer and then his car was stolen and some guns and so the police were like oh boy this is great and then not 10 minutes later, Anthony drove to his own brother's house and fired several rounds with the revolver into his windows. The brother was home, but he was sleeping and he luckily was not injured. But also, like, what if this guy, Anthony, Jesus Christ, he's just doing whatever he, he's fitting it all in one fell swoop. Like, he's like, I'm just going to kill and I'm going to steal and I'm just going to do it. How many felony charges can I get in the span of several days? So many. Like, what? The answer is a lot. So once Anthony had decided to be super fucking weird and shoot out his brother's windows, he made his way back to Brittany's parents' property. And it was clear that he had waited until all the firefighters, all the police had left, and it kind of settled, for lack of a better word. First. Anthony used the stolen revolver and shot through the door of the house. I don't know what it was, maybe sheer bad luck of where she was standing, but Anthony actually managed to shoot Brittany through the door in the arm. And so now he's shot his ex-girlfriend. He, you know, he raped her for day, you know, two days ago and whatever, and then burned out her mom's barn. And now he's barging in, shooting her. Obviously, Brittany started to run away and was like, oh, shit. You know, she just got shot. He's coming in. Clearly, she's a target. 
Anthony got inside, he immediately discovered Kyle Hewitt, Brittany's boyfriend, laying asleep on the couch. And then without a thought, no hesitation, Anthony shot him eight times, hitting him in the neck, the chest, and the pelvis. This is just a guy sleeping on a couch. Mm-hmm. Defenseless. And Anthony puts eight bullets in him, killing him. In Kyle's last moments, he attempted to make a phone call to his mother. Yeah. So awful. Like, God, this is a 22... He's 22 a kid. Year, that's a kid. 22 years old. Technically an adult, but also a kid. Like, young. so young. Yeah. It's just terrible. And Kyle was the father of one of Brittany's children. So, and I guess I, from what I understood, he also helped raise her other child with a different man. So he was, these two little kids lost their dad. So off and so young, just terrible, just terrible. At this point, Brittany, who had been shot, was now trying to get her mom to safety. Her mom had actually been in the bathroom. And so Brittany barged in and like they locked the door and her mother, who has multiple sclerosis, actually managed to help Brittany crawl out the window. She got out of the window and, she, you know, she made it. And then Anthony barged in, almost like in a movie, you know, like she just got out the window. Now here's Anthony. And he actually shot Kim, her mother, in the shoulder before reloading the gun and then leaving. Kim survived both the barn fire and this gunshot. Mm-hmm. And now Brittany was running. She was running and she actually ran like to the end of the street. And she there was a truck going by, like another pickup truck. And she just hopped right in that fucker. She just jumped right in, again, like out of a movie. She got in the back of the truck. She did great. I don't know how this is possible, but Anthony managed to catch up to her and also successfully jump into the back of the truck, which seems like an action movie that's really cheaply made and bad. Yeah, what are the odds? Like, maybe the driver braked and was like what's going on back there right and i have no idea but just the odds insane poor britney i know like it it seemed like she'd made it you know (sighs) and obviously this truck driver was like hello it was 60 year old carlton eddie and he noticed the commotion in the back and he turned into like a nearby driveway and was like hello can i help you like why is there two brawling people he is a holy shit Anthony then proceeded to literally shoot Eddie three times with a revolver. He was hit in the neck and upper back. Miraculously, Eddie survived, which is insane. Because to his neck and upper back, that usually is pretty fatal. So once Eddie was incapacitated, Anthony forced Brittany back to the truck that he had stolen from his friend's uncle and got her inside and drove away. Mind you, this is now the second time that this girl has been kidnapped by this guy in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Police are pursuing the truck because of all the commotion. He's driving erratically. And when Anthony noticed this, he began not only shooting at the police, but also randomly shooting at oncoming traffic. Just the most damage he could possibly cause. Like, oh. He then turned onto a woodlot where two men had just dropped off some wood. And despite these two men being total strangers to Anthony, he lured them over. Very much so like he lured Brittany to her mother's house by burning the barn down, knowing her mother would call her. Right. He pulled over and he's like, hey, 
do you guys have a cigarette that I could borrow? Could I use one of your phones to make a phone call? And the two guys are like, sure, man, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. As the two men approached, Anthony pulled out the revolver, mm-hmm. aimed it at one of the men, 58-year-old Kevin Tozier, who mm-hmm. said, no, 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 man, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Anthony fatally shot him. He shot him one time. Yeah. The other man tried to run away, and Anthony shot him multiple times as well. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he survived. Yes, yeah. Except his car was at the woodlot. Mm-hmm. And so being pursued by police, Anthony then forced Brittany out of the car, forced her into the third car. Also a pickup truck. Also a pickup truck, thank you. Yep. And took off in that. So now that's, count them, three times. Three stolen cars. Yes. And three kidnappings. And three kidnappings. Yeah. And now two murders. Right. Yeah. Anthony then, you know, he has Brittany. I can't even imagine what she's thinking, what she's going through, what she's feeling. Oh, my God. I know. This is where his spree continued. And if you can believe it, really ramped up. Yeah. Just in the the speed in which he was doing things. He was trying to just do it all. Right. I have no idea. He was just... He broke into multiple homes, mm-hmm. multiple camps. I don't know if he stole things there. He stole things along the way, for sure. He was breaking in, just grabbing what he could find. He got a hold of another gun. Mm-hmm. He stole a four-wheeler. A whole-ass four-wheeler. I don't know if he threw it in the back of the pickup truck. I don't know if he's like, come on, Brittany, get on the four-wheeler. Right. Like, <sighs> along with other items. Right. Less important than a four-wheeler. <laughs> You just you can't make this shit up. No, you really can't. It's ridiculous. After this spree of kleptomania, Anthony drove his third stolen truck to his his uncle's house, not his friend's uncle, his uncle's house in Holton, Maine. At his uncle's house, the police caught up with him. The uncle called, whatever. It was no... I mean, they knew it was Anthony. They knew that he was being fucking nuts. And that they needed to stop him. And so finally, 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 after 18 hours, Anthony's crime rampage was put to an end. And surprisingly, he was arrested without incident. He had put his gun, he gave the guns up and he was arrested without incident. He had also, of course, brought Brittany to this uncle's house. So she had witnessed this whole thing. And I bet you that whole entire time she was absolutely scared for her life. Mm-hmm. Not a doubt in my mind. So I'm sure the relief she must have felt when the police finally showed up and saved her, even though they had pretty much gotten her into this next set of events in the first place. For sure. Mm-hmm. The state filed two complaints charging Anthony Lord with murder and kidnapping in Aroostook County and murder in Penascot County. And finally, in August and September, Anthony was charged by indictments filed in each county for two charges of attempted murder with a firearm, arson, elevated aggravated assault with the use of a dangerous weapon, and three counts of aggravated assault with the use of a dangerous weapon. Right. I was reading through that and I was like, how many different ways can you word these charges? They were just like, you want to rack up the charges, bro? We'll help you. Let's go. We'll just make up a whole bunch of them and word them a little differently and just do it. Right. We're going to have aggravated assault, but then we're also going to have elevated aggravated assault. (laughs) Right. All right. Let's, yeah. Yeah. He wants to elevate it. Let's elevate it further. Right. Right. 
He initially pled not guilty to all charges. Which, that blows my mind. Because he, like, super was guilty. Obviously. In late 2016, Anthony moved to suppress evidence obtained during a police interview of him, where the police interview, he confessed, essentially. And he's like, oh, no, 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 we, we can't have that get now. I'm not guilty. <laughs> and they're like, but you, we have you in an interview where you told us you did all of these things. And there's a lot of things. It's like, you told us, but now you're moving to suppress the evidence because you're not guilty. He's like, correct. That's right. (laughs) After finding Anthony competent to stand trial, they held a hearing in June of 2017 for his motion to suppress the evidence from the police interview where, yes, he admitted to all the murders and his whole erratic crime spree. Right. So this really bothers me for so many reasons because obviously he did it. Mm -hmm. But it's like every time that he's procrastinating every time he's playing games yeah i want to suppress the evidence i'm not guilty what are you talking about all these hearings it just is putting more stress and more trauma on not only Brittany and her family Mm -hmm. but the family of the copious other victims you know even though not everyone that he came across and shot at was murdered thank god right that's still so traumatic yeah so all of these family members and the surviving victims have to just keep enduring this while he's dragging it out. Right. It probably comes to almost no one's surprise that Anthony already had a criminal history. So it was like, bro, what are you doing? To put it like real simply. His criminal record went all the way back to 1999. And those included like, you know, he had charges for threatening and domestic assault. And then to top it off, in 2004, he was actually placed on the state of Maine's sex offender registry because he was convicted of having, quote, unlawful contact with somebody under the age of 14. So this guy, yucky, and just terrible stuff. Oh, and he has children. And he has children. Oh, yes. Yep. And other than that, there's really not a ton that is known about Anthony, which is okay because he's the fucking worst. But we do know one thing that happened to him very recently before this crime spree that is really hard to not feel sympathy for. So on May 7th, 2015, literally two months before this happened, Anthony had a six-month-old son. His name was Larry, who died. Before you guys think, yes, there are babies out there named Larry. I actually personally have met one Larry baby at my job, and he was almost 10 pounds, and it made sense. He was definitely a Larry. So when I read this, I was like, oh, Larry. Uh, You would have thought this was like 1962. (laughs) No, this was 2015. That being said, this is awful. Larry was brought to the hospital on this day by his mom who wasn't together, obviously, with Anthony. He had brain bleeding, increased swelling around a skull fracture, and ultimately, baby Larry died. Wow. Yeah. And so, surprisingly, at least it was to me, Anthony was not responsible for this. It was actually a boyfriend of the mom or something that ended up, quote, accidentally beating him too hard or something. And he was killed. Naturally, Anthony was, like, super devastated because that's terrible. That's really sad. There's no denying that. Like, baby Larry did not deserve any of that. 
No parent deserves that. But he and his defense team like really used that as the reason why he was acting this way. You know, he was overcome with emotions and that turned into rage, which then turned into a murder. So like you said, Katie, up until this point, Anthony was like, I'm not guilty. Suppress the evidence. Like, I don't want it. Okay, we all know you're guilty. First of all, A, A, you were super, like, super guilty. And B, shut the fuck up. But then all of a sudden, in June of 2017, nearly two years after this crime spree, Anthony changed his plea to guilty to the two murder charges and 12 of the other charges he had. And this was in exchange for dropping three other charges. This included one charge of kidnapping and two charges of reckless conduct with a dangerous weapon. He also claimed, you know, to like get the sympathy that he pleaded guilty to, quote, spare the victim's families the ordeal of a trial. Which, okay, maybe, but there was still a sentencing hearing, which the victims gave impact statements, which I hope hurt his little, tiny, puny, black, dried up corpse of a heart, because he hurt a lot of people, a lot of people. Anthony and his defense team, of course, were like, you know, he has a long history of mental illness. He had been losing control since losing baby Larry. So I thought this was pretty fucking ballsy, but Anthony... In front of his victims and their families, agreed with the judge that his sentence should be longer than the minimum. Absolutely. But he did ask that there be, quote, some daylight at the end. Which to me, I would have literally just got, if I was the judge, I would have just quietly gotten up, walked right over in front of him, and just slapped him real hard. Because, like, how dare you? He then stated to the court that he thought 40 years would be would be just as he was arrested peacefully he confessed to the police and he showed remorse which some argue even his uncle who was there when he was arrested is untrue so uh, again very ballsy the state disagreed with anthony's you know suggestions and they reminded him that he clearly premeditated at least one of the murders yeah he used a gun, which, because he was a felon already, is against the law, and he had killed as a random act of violence. And they also argued that because he was sober, and due to his criminal history, he knew what he was doing. There was no drugs involved with this, if you can believe it. Cigarettes, probably. That's not really a drug, but he was sober. And so Anthony was sentenced to two concurrent life sentences for the murders. He got 20 years each for the two counts of attempted murder with use of a firearm, elevated aggravated assault with use of a dangerous weapon, and aggravated assault with the use of a dangerous weapon. Those are all different charges. He got 15 years for arson. He got seven years each for two counts of aggravated assault with use of a dangerous weapon and two counts of theft of a firearm. And lastly, he got five years each for two counts of reckless conduct with the use of a dangerous weapon. All you have to do is, like, take a noun and an adjective, and then add with a dangerous weapon at the end, and you got all your charges. He also got five years for eluding an officer. So that's just about a little over 100 years tacked on. So this guy, never gonna see daylight again. I, I'm always floored when they think that they have any kind of authority. Who are you to give any input on your sentencing? 
Guess who doesn't get to give any input on your sentencing? The people you murdered. Correct. Guess who doesn't get to see daylight at the end? Uh, the people who will never see daylight again because you murdered them. Correct. And randomly, too, that's what kills me is they're like, oh, hey, buddy, how, let me give you a cigarette. Right. Would you? Yeah, of course you can borrow my phone. Boom. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Like, oh, what a piece of shit. Yes. He was ordered to reimburse the victim's compensation fund, $38,000, which is a good penny. And, you know, it sucks because usually in these cases, the perpetrator doesn't have those funds. So that money never really gets anywhere, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Fun fact, in the state of Maine, there is no possibility of parole for a life sentence. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Darn. How about that daylight, buddy? Yeah, right. One hour a day. That's all you get. Kyle Hewitt's mother, Shelley, said that closure isn't possible and so traumatic of a crime, but she is glad he received the maximum sentence possible. She said in court that the murder of her son and the other events of that day have left her with post-traumatic stress disorder. Sure. She stated, quote, all of us have been given a life sentence with these changes. It's the least he deserves. It's a very powerful statement. Mm. Brittany ended up filing a lawsuit against police because they denied her request for protection. And like, not only did they deny her request for protection and could have stopped this chain of events altogether, they started the chain of events by telling him via voicemail, hey, buddy, uh, you know, we got this girl here in the hospital. She's saying that you hurt her. Right. Do you want to call us back and we can talk about this? Uh. And then forcing her from her hospital bed, essentially, to text him. Right. And try to coerce a confession. So inappropriate. Like, so inappropriate. And they really, you could argue that they started this whole chain of events Mm -hmm. because he told her, if you tell anybody I kidnapped you and brought you to this cabin and raped you four times, I'll hurt not only you, but your loved ones. Right. Guess what he did? Hurt not only her, but her loved ones and some strangers in the mix. Right. Yeah. Aroostook County has 18 troopers and three sergeants that are responsible for more than 6,800 square miles. County police in Holton are also available to help, but another resident of Benedictus stated in an interview that a deputy, quote, a mile away may as well be on the moon when you have a gun trained on you. Totally fair. Another person I saw in one of the articles, he said, you know, we're in rural, small town Maine. Mm-hmm. Crime isn't really a big thing. We're all so spread out. It's rural. Rural police, of course, it's a small police force. There's really not a whole lot of crime. And it it works Mm -hmm. until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it really doesn't work. Yeah. Because when you need protection, you should have that right to ask law enforcement, hey, your job is to protect and serve. Mm -hmm. Your job is to protect people from crime. I feel as though a crime is going to happen if you don't come protect me. Could you please come and protect me? Because I am scared for not only my life, but the life of my mother with multiple sclerosis and my family who has been targeted by a crime already because our barn is now burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Like I, and I understand, I really do. I see both sides. Yeah. Short staffing, you know, if police think that there's no credible threat, you know, and honestly too, a lot of the things that I see, 
you call police when the crime happens. Mm -hmm. They just show up after the fact. Right. They really don't prevent crime. No. They show up after the fact, take a statement. And that's it. Call your rapist and tell your rapist, hey, guess what? This girl's accusing you. Right. Give us your side of the story, buddy. Yeah. Like. Ridiculous. They really hardcore dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. They really did. Yeah. And honestly, Maine State Police should have sent one of their dudes yeah. out to her house. Absolutely. Because if Aroostook County has 18 troopers and three sergeants yeah. for 6,800 square miles, I get it. I really do. Yeah. Maine State Police, you caused this whole chain of events to transpire. You should have a cruiser parked outside that house 24 hours a day, seven days a week Absolutely. until you apprehend this asshole. 100%. Oh, it just sucks. But yeah, I believe as far as I've seen that that lawsuit is still ongoing. Sure. I mean, it's pretty recent. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, Anthony is still at the Maine State Prison in Warren, Maine, which, fun fact, about a month ago, I was on vacation very close to Warren, Maine, and we did indeed drive past it. It is ugly. It's an ugly building. And interestingly enough, Another thing, my family and I have been going to this town and like lake house for a few summers, and there's this store in a town called Thomaston that is literally all stuff handmade from the prisoners at this prison. And it's like anywhere, like I've gotten you a candle. Um, they, ha I got Elijah a cribbage board that they made. They have furniture and all this stuff that's really neat. But to think that maybe perhaps someone like Anthony Lord was pouring wax onto a wick in the flavor of lavender like blows my mind i have that candle on my coffee table like and i doubt that anthony would ever be allowed to do no. any thing like that like you can't give him a hammer because no. of his track records right he can't really be building furniture sorry right. but a hot wax probably wouldn't go over either i really could see that not going too hot right but yeah i mean that's crazy i know isn't that nuts Guys, per usual, we always want to know what you think about this case. How incredibly nuts was that? Very whiplash-worthy. Please, if you want to share your thoughts on this case, send us a DM on Instagram at truecrimene. All lowercase. Or you can send us an email at truecrimene at gmail.com. We also, of course, have a website. You could utilize our handy-dandy submission tool under our contact page. You could leave us your thoughts on this case, other cases we have covered, questions, comments, concerns. You can leave us ideas for cases based in New England, please, that you would like to hear us cover in the future. If you decide to leave your name and we decide to cover the case that you suggest, you will get a shout out at the top of the episode. Thank you again, Aaron G., for not only suggesting this whirlwind of a case to us, but for using said handy dandy submission tool. Great work, Aaron. If you scroll down a little further, you could be like our friends Jessica C. and Haley M., who bought us coffees that we mentioned at the top of the episode. You can do that anonymously as well. We have had that happen before. But you could click the button that says thank you and go to our Buy Us a Coffee page where you could, if you so choose, buy us a coffee, myself a coffee, and Liz a non-coffee-related beverageino. As we always say, you guys do not have to spend a single cent on us. You don't have to suggest anything to us. You don't have to message us. You don't have to talk to us. You don't have to buy us a coffee. Just being here, just listening, we appreciate you guys so much. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.